Hey everyone, hope you're having an absolutely awesome day. Uh, thanks for coming back on and joining the Dill Journey podcast. On last episode, we talked to Toddy and Trenny from the 440 Club. Uh, really awesome chat. And if you haven't listened to that one, um, put it on cue after you listen to this one with Benny Boy from Freedom Float. Here we talk about um, how floating has had a positive effect on him and why he actually started up his own floating business. And it's located in Burley, Freedom Float Center. It's where the old Blockbuster used to be. And um, it's an awesome facility where I go regularly to help with my uh, mental clarity, visualization, and also recovery. So it smashes out the three. And without further ado, here it is. Well, Benny, we're going to get us started now. So first of all, welcome to the podcast and thanks for jumping on today. No worries, mate. Happy uh, to be here. Yeah, <laughs> it's a long time coming. But a way I sort of like to um, break the ice of the interview, get all the juices flowing, is by asking you something that not a lot of people know about you. So it might be like a weird little habit you do on the daily that you don't know if everyone knows about. <laughs> Probably don't really have much of a habit that everyone doesn't know about. I've got probably a little, just the story came to mind when I was a little kid. Yeah. Um, but no one would know this one about me. I have a love for animals. Okay. And I remember when I was a kid, I went to the Moscow Circus in my hometown. Yeah. And they had these bears that, this is probably quite cruel now that I think about it, but they had these yeah. bears and they would ride these little motorbikes um, around. <laughs> so they saved this for the end of the show. And I remember yeah. with being with my mum and dad and all I wanted to see was these bears. Wow. So I'm just like so excited, so excited. Yeah. And because they saved it for the end of the show, I was only a little fella, like probably yeah. seven or six or something. Yeah. And I started falling asleep near the end, I think, because yeah. I was getting a bit sleepy. Yeah. And I'll never forget, I remember I must have dozed off and I thought I lasted right up until near the end and I woke up and it was all over. <laughs> and I remember going to mum and dad, where's the bears? When are they coming? And then they said, oh, they've been on. And I'm like, what do you mean? And I just had a meltdown because I like, thought they were lying to me. You know? yeah. And they're like, we didn't want to wake you. And I was just spewing. Oh. But um, yeah, that, it's like a funny story, but then my yeah. love for animals, I guess, continued as I was older. So I lived yeah. in Canada for a bit, and um, oh, okay. I used to go searching on these drives in the warmer months and just go looking for bears. So I've yeah, always wow. had this love for like grizzly so, bears yeah. and stuff. You got a love for bears? Yeah. I didn't even know that. Well, there you go. Um, <laughs> Random fact. Yeah, that's it. So let's take a step back and hear about what you wanted to become when you are in year 11, year 12, and like what school you're at, whereabouts, and everything about it. Um, I was in country Victoria, um, sort of town of about 20,000 people, I guess. Yeah. Um, at that stage, I actually had a love for fitness, and I played Aussie rules footy, yeah. very poorly, but I tried. Um, and then I think at that stage I'd signed up, I wanted to go and become a myotherapist, like a massage therapist, or yeah, more than a massage therapist, like muscle therapist. Mm -hmm. um, and I'd signed up to do that the next year in Melbourne. But then I got to year 12 and I spent time probably having too much of a good time with my mates, yeah. drinking, going out. So then um, I ended up getting into like um, a local coal mine down there. I was working there and I was making decent money. So I ended up staying and doing that. And I flagged the, flagged the myotherapy and I saved up 
money and then I ended up going to Canada and traveling. So rather than do that as a career, yeah. I went over there, which is a huge decision in the end to where all the friends I have now and everything yeah. from that one decision. Yeah, so um, you finished year 12 and did you take a gap year to go to Canada or? No, I basically okay. just got straight into the working industry okay. and I just worked from then. So I didn't really have any time off at all. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you went straight into it and would you take it any different way or you're, you're happy with how it sort of progressed and everything sort of happened for a reason? Mm, yeah, <clears throat> I think because when I went to Canada, a lot of stuff happened on a personal level, but the friends and stuff that I met there or that I stayed with in Canada, it's yeah. crazy. Like that's the time's flown by. That was in 2006 mm. and the friends I've got from then are still my closest friends now. Like and. Yeah. Without doing that, without staying there, I wouldn't have moved to the Gold Coast because one of my friends who I was there with got me to move here. Like, there's so many things that wouldn't have happened. Yeah. I don't even know where I'd be now Yeah. without yeah. doing that. So I'll just keep that the same for sure. Yeah, awesome. And so what did your parents think of um, all this? Like, did they push you to go down um, straight into work or where did they sort of want you to go? Mm. Or nah, yeah, well, they... It's funny, like, I'm not as close with my family in some ways, like, there's a lot of love there, but I used yeah. to give mum a hard time when I was young, and then I moved away, and it's not like they were always checking up on me, they've been really easy going as far as whatever I wanted to do. I yeah. think when they would see my, my friends and meet my friends and family, like, I was a little rat bag as well, like most youngsters, you know, but yeah. when they see your friends and that you can hold down a job and you've got your, you've got your shit together, so yeah. to speak... Um, they probably feel okay with it, but there's been a few moments I'm sure it was hard for them. But my dad's been in the same job or he was in the same job for like 30 something years as a driller. And then mum got pulled out of school. So they're both from families of nine kids each. And they got pulled, mum got pulled out of school because she was the oldest daughter, which this would just be illegal these days to do this. Mm. It was like, you've got to raise the kids and help her mum. Wow. So my mum grew up just raising her brothers and sisters. Mm. And then when mum and dad moved away from, they were from Castle Main in country Victoria and because dad got work down in Latrobe Valley, they moved away from all their families and then lived down there, <clears throat> had us and we grew up down that way, um, which was a few hours drive. But mum got into work doing home care, like um, housework and stuff for elderly people. Yep. And it's just something that mum's always probably academically she never got given any opportunities to be academically smart because she got pulled out of school but as far as like being a hard worker caring for people and then took that with her into like her job so then she was just doing that for older people so yeah yeah that's funny you say that because that sounds exactly like my grandmother she um it was in uh sort of helping out elderly people her whole life and almost like selfless and I asked my mum, because she never looked really happy, and I couldn't tell, but like, she's obviously been through a lot that you couldn't see, and you know, she struggled to smile, but like, I think it's something that, um, you know, a lot of old people have done, you know, like, mm. given up their whole, like, future just to, you know, give their kids a future. Yeah, it's do like, something for them. And as, a, as children, like, I know myself now, I look back and I'm like, geez, I was ungrateful, like, yeah. I wasn't... I'm very grateful now. We never had to struggle. We were a middle class family, so mm. we're never rich, but we we're definitely there was never a problem with having food on the table. Yeah. And then I think back now, and it's like 
when you've got no responsibilities, you just expect you expect there to be food on the table. You expect yeah. your clothes to be washed and ironed and just be in your room. You know, mm. all of these things that are just there. Definitely. And that can be taken away yeah. from people. But I think that generation before, they didn't have that. It was hand-me-down clothes. They had to share clothes with their yeah. brothers and sisters and had to work hard as well. It's not just come home from school. They'd have to be pulling their weight around the house and yeah. all that. Yeah, so, definitely. Yeah, different times. 100%. Um, so now moving on to the next subject, it's all things business. So let's talk about Freedom Float. Talk about when it, like how the idea first popped up because I know it was when you were in WA, I believe. Yeah. And, um, and how it got started. Yeah, so basically um, there's a float centre in Perth called Beyond Rest. They've got a few around Australia now. So they were yeah. the first ones in Australia to have the, the pods like we have. Mm-hmm. Um, so a friend of mine, Asha, was actually working at Beyond Rest in Perth and I was doing FIFO work and then she told me all about, I'm working at this place, it's called Beyond Rest, it's got float tanks and I was like, what the hell is a float tank? Yeah. She explained it all said, oh, you really should come and check it out. So I'm pretty open-minded, wanted to mm. go and have a look at what it was all about. <clears throat> Gave it a go, laid in the laid in those pods with the uh, magnesium-drenched water. I'm not a water baby myself, but then um, hopping in the first session, like most people, is a bit strange and not actually letting go completely because you're just trying to work out how to lay and all the rest of it. Um, but I gave it a few goes, so went back again. And it just made me get into this, um, well, very well rested after doing weeks of shift work and night shift away. So I used it as my go-to because I always train hard when I'm at work as well. So I'm doing scaffolding, which is quite physically intensive on its days and um, training hard. I'd come back and if I'd been doing night shift, you're all out of whack. So then would use floating before my swing away and after, and before my swing I'd go up there and I'd feel super chilled, not, not anxious about going back to work, really relaxed, and when I'd come home, I would float, crash out in the pod, sleep really well that night, next day I'd just feel a million bucks compared to having like jet lag feeling of like three, four, five days of just going through those waves of like tiredness and hitting the flat spots and stuff, so that was where my love of floating come about. Then I thought it would be really cool to have a centre, but do it a bit different to those guys and have have it as a wellness centre, but my passion was more about um, human connection and bringing people together. So having a space where you could put documentary nights on or um, have talks or you know health professional speaking. And the centre's really kind of evolved into that in a way. So there's like meditation, sound healing classes and all that as well. So there's a lot more going on there, but floating was a really good foundation for that because I thought you can pretty much market it towards anyone like whether it's a tradie with a sore sore back or whether it's pregnancy like mums that need a rest mums that have just got their hands full at home and just need an hour by himself athletes like yourself (laughs) you know coming in for recovery but you've noticed yourself as well the before float before event aspects is in regards to not just physical, but sitting with yourself, visualize visualizations and stuff like that as well. So that's like super important, and mm. it also attracts a lot of the hippies that love the mm. mindfulness aspect as well. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And so, can you tell us a little bit about 
the mission that you wanted to sort of create with Freedom Flow? Because I know it's like a very special center and something that you sort of want um, people to, you know, know about floating because before um, even coming to your float center, I'd drive past it every day and I'd always wonder what it was. Yeah. And I think like for people listening right now, if you could just tell us a little bit about, you know, what floating actually is. Yeah, well, um, floating, like explain the whole... Thing. Yeah, the whole yeah. concept, because I know the um, person who founded it, he was a very um, out there character, you know, there's yeah. all these little interesting things about floating that not all, the average person wouldn't, wouldn't know about. Know. Yeah, well, that John Lilly, there's a book called The Book of Floating, and that explains his whole story, and then yeah. he's a Swedish neuro um, neuropsychologist or neurophysicist, and then... Um, he wanted to monitor the effects of the brain in sensory deprivation. So the whole, they were called isolation tanks, which sounds like a torture chamber, to be honest. <laughs> now it's called float therapy. It's a nice fluffy term, but yeah. it's more to, the original idea was to shut off all external input to the brain and mm. see what states you could get to. So that theta brainwave state. So um, when you drop, generally most people, if they go from, um, beta to theta state that's like a meditative state but generally if we get to that state you'll fall asleep but advanced meditate advanced meditators can get into that state of theta which is when you, the right hemisphere of your brain's activated that's where the creativity happens once you practice meditation more and more you can sit in that space for a little bit longer um, so that's where you get all the benefits rather than drop into delta then after that which is like deep sleep so this guy was doing these experiments on it and seeing, but obviously they needed, for whatever reason, they wanted it to be in the water and then you need something to keep you buoyant. And then that best thing was um, salt, Epsom salt, magnesium sulfate would keep you floating. Um, so a lot of benefits came about later, but he used to do eight hour stints in there, take LSD and all sorts wow. of crazy stuff. Yeah. Um, but he originally wanted to do this for mental health awareness, which is crazy. Like he, he wanted to do that to see if it can help with depression and stuff. And back then that wasn't really, wasn't a known thing. So it was like a pioneer. And, and it's funny because my whole idea of the center has really shifted actually. Like I wanted it for human connection and bringing people together. But the state of society now, we're sick with, we're sick with stress and anxiety and um, social anxiety. We feel this human connection, we're more connected than ever, but we're um, with internet, so we can speak to someone on the other side of the world and do these video calls, but in our own communities, like we don't know who our neighbors are and stuff like this, so we're losing that. So it's like quite interesting how the center's evolved and it's become a little bit of an anti-anxiety center in the facts of all the modalities we've got there. Uh, actually having a space for people to just come and take it an hour or two to themselves chill out so yeah it's like floating's evolved over time as well like a lot of athletes are drawn to it for the physical benefits of it um and then it's like i found it a strange concept when i started i'm like and we get lots of people how's this gonna help like i can just go lay in the pool i can just go lay in wherever why the hell would i pay that much money to just go lay in a, in some salt water but when you're in that buoyancy, your body is not exerting any pressure at all. So your central nervous system drops down. It can 
it can benefit in healing um, the body because your body not using energy for anything else so your body can repair itself at a better rate um, can definitely get your brain into a better state as well tension and stress in the body it can help release that from the body stored emotions which a lot of studies coming out on that stuff now where we hold these traumas and stress in the body when you get into a state like that and everything starts to relax things can just you know release allows you time to process your thoughts in there um, people with chronic pain come in and I've heard people come out and go wow like a, my pain went away and generally it'll really when you're in there the first few minutes of the session it will really highlight any issues like if your left hip's giving you grief or sometimes if you know it or you don't know it people will go wow I felt this crazy feeling in this part of my body and it got so uncomfortable in the beginning but as the session went on it slowly just dissipates it's weird like mm. I can't even explain that but it allows your body I think to do that naturally rather than have someone just physically manipulating your body and which can be good as well having a therapist work on you but for people in chronic pain sometimes that touches too much as well so it allows your body to readjust itself and let go of that tension on its own so it's quite good for that definitely definitely and like for any sort of young people out there so like even, I don't know, 16 to sort of 24, like really young, um, what do you think they could use it for? Like, I know like uni can be very stressful, so can like year 11, year 12, and obviously you talked a little bit about it, but the internet is playing a huge effect in a lot of um, young people's lives at the moment with mental health issues, um, and especially like, you know, the leading killer for 18 to 40 year old, 44 year old men is men, like mental health deaths related. Yeah. So I think what you're doing with this um, friend float center is something that can not eliminate it, but definitely reduce and have a positive effect on all those people. Yeah, I think, um, I think generally like so many people have this like, all they stereotype personality types and say, well, I can't meditate. I'm not one of those types of people. People could get out of the pods earlier or they just refuse to want to do it because they say, I can't sit still, I can't switch off. People think it's a negative thing for thoughts to come into your brain. Now, our minds are so hardwired, no matter how hard you want to go try, there's going to be stuff popping through all the time coming in. And the aim of meditation isn't, depending on what type of meditation you're doing, isn't to stop thoughts coming in. Because that's just counterproductive. You're going to be in there thinking about not thinking, trying to stop something happening. But if you just naturally let it flow. So <clears throat> I think a lot of younger people too, I think educating them on that having these thoughts, whether they're good or bad, if you're laying there and these thoughts are coming in, having that time all to yourself allows you to process those thoughts. Sometimes that's painful stuff. It's like not good. You want to, Most of us, when there's something painful in our life, like especially trauma or anything like that, break up with a partner or you have a fight with your best friend or anything like that or something even that could have been worse that happened, post-traumatic stress. If you if you constantly, whenever those thoughts come up, try and distract yourself and stay busy so that doesn't come in, you're still holding on to those thoughts but you're just suppressing them. And that's when it can come back later and cause all types of problems like stress can end up leading to causing like higher blood pressure and people get cancer, people get sick because they're, you know, they're under stress, so they're 
body won't be functioning the way it should, but you can't actually see that. So you might mm. end up with the hormone imbalances, you're not sleeping properly and stuff like that. So to come and do something like the float tank, physically you benefit anyway, but I think young people need to understand that if your mind's busy, that's normal and that's okay. And having a point of focus, say with the breath, which is the main one in meditation, just keep coming back to that. But all these thoughts that come and go, it's good to let them in, let them go, let them in, let them go. Because the more you're hanging on to those thoughts, that's what's going to lead you to stress, anxiety, depression and all those things as well. Yeah. And who do you like see more in the centre? Do you see more women in the centre or more men? Definitely more women. More men are actually starting to do it now yeah probably a big thank you to joe rogan for that one yeah like the amount of people that come in and like oh do you know joe rogan it's like, <laughs> yes bro i know joe rogan i don't know him personally i wish i did yeah. um but it's changing and people are becoming more open to it but mm. predominantly more women and what i found is that women who value their health and wellness so not women who are going out to um elsewhere in Surfers Paradise on a Friday, Saturday night for a big party. It's more like probably women who would be going to the village markets on the weekend who go to yoga studios, shop at Lorna Jane, you know, like ones who actually invest time into themselves and to their health. Mm. Um, but there's a lot of people who come in with chronic pain and more men are opening up to it. I think the point, the, the hard part is with men, a lot of times... It, they're so worried about what the other bros are going to think, but they it'll take men to get to a point of like breaking before they try things sometimes. But not all men, obviously, like a lot of us are open-minded. Mm. There's a lot of men that won't do it. And no matter what you tell them, like they'll be in, some people will be in complete pain and go, oh, I'm not going to do that. That's mm. just weird. How's that going to help me? It's like, try. Maybe it will. Maybe it won't. It doesn't matter. But at least if you try it, you know. And so a lot of men will get to that point seen it shift in men where they've come in and expected is that we all have these expectations so when you don't get what you had anticipated can be quite disappointed in it mm. but i've seen people come in and go wow that was actually really good blokes come in who are truck drivers or you know welders or whatever and then they go far out i just crashed out in there i feel so relaxed mm. i think for men the feeling i get more often than not after a float and when i leave the center I feel really calm, like I get in the car, someone could cut me off, I don't even care. I'm just like, uh, whatever, yeah. cruising around, just so relaxed in the body and the mind, there's no stress. Where normally, say, if I've got something on my mind and I'm, if you're running late, next minute it takes a little bit, things just build up and then you can carry, someone cuts you off in the car, you get frustrated at that, then you carry that with you yeah. to, to when you go to your next instead of letting that go. But after floating, I find that I just feel super chilled, super calm. Like, I don't know about you, if you feel relaxed like that afterwards, but definitely, we've had a lot of people tell us that and say, wow, I feel super chilled out after that. Like, I just felt relaxed. And I think a lot of men, we we need to let go of that stuff. Oh, like yeah. It's hardwired in us, you know. You yeah. need, sometimes you want to go and just shout out, you know, <laughs> beat your chest. And that's what men have done forever so it's yeah. like actually doing other things as well where you can release that tension from your body mm. without having to do it in a angry way you can just lay there and your muscles and everything just relax and let go it's like an amazing thing yeah so like let's say when you first started um 
like the business <coughs> and Freedom Float Center. Do you reckon there's been a, a shift in more men coming in, like starting to open up a bit more and really start to, you know, give it a try? Because I think, like, obviously, you know, every, like, a lot of dads are like, oh, come on, you'll be fine, like, harden up. And it's almost like every time you're hurt or something like that, like, you're not, you're almost, like, taught not to cry. Yeah. Like, a weird thing, how, like, I still remember certain things when I was young, and, you know, if you cry, you're a girl. If mm. you, you know, if you share your emotions, you're gay, you know. Yeah. Like, yeah. do you see that sort of changing, you know? What do you I think? I think in the next generation it can. I'll tell you what cracks me up, because yeah. I work in a male-dominated environment. Yeah. Now, I say to women as well, and they just laugh, because it's like, you get the hardest blokes, right? Tough as nails, don't cry, don't get up your fairy, whatever can't cry to their wife, their wife might even be divorcing them, can't shed a tear, their footy team loses the grand final, they're crying into their beer. <laughs> and you go, what is going on? Yeah. Like, come on, you can't open up to your own wife. And, uh, you know, like you see, people go through divorces and all sorts of things, and mm. it's always a two-way street. There's always, you hear one side of the story, someone's blaming the other one, but definitely a lot of the cause behind that too can be when men haven't been able to express I'm I'm just the same like I've gone through yeah. patches with you know my girl my girlfriend and probably girls in the past and similar things have happened where maybe they they want you to open up more and talk and yeah. then when I get you know something's affecting me I'll just close off mm. and I'm, over time I've tried to learn to be more open yeah. so I think with um, men I think it's education as well more men are finding out about this stuff and Whatever reason they want to come into the float center, <clears throat> it's not my job to tell them why they should be doing it. Like, it's not my place to tell them, oh, this should happen or this should happen. Because if old Barry, the truck driver, comes in and I induct him in the float room, I'm not going to go, oh, Bazza, how you going, mate? You ready to get into theta brainwave state and go into like a deep transcendental meditation? It's like, He's going to look at me like, who's this bloody clown, yeah. you know, where I'll be like, Bazza, how you going? What do you do for work, mate? Oh, I'm a truckie. Oh, mate, cause a bit of stress on the road. Yeah, bloody dickhead drivers everywhere. Oh, mate, this is good for de-stressing. You know, far out your back muscles and stuff. It gets super tight driving the truck all day because you're sitting in that position. I'm like, this will just help your posture so much. So hop in there like you should feel good. Now, Bazza might have, hop in and have a float. Something might happen to him in there where he goes through this little, gets into a meditative state or something comes up from his past. When he comes out though, I'm not going to sit him down and go, well, hey man, did anything come up for you? Like, I, My approach is just to let people in, have the experiences as their experience. Mm. Maybe people leave the lid up and the light on and that's cool because it's their experience. And then if they want to share, I'm all ears. It's like, yeah. sweet, share. That could be a little breakthrough that they might actually have something come up. They want to keep it personal to themselves and they carry that. But over time, I've seen it happen with people where eventually they will open up about stuff and they'll sit on the couch. They feel like it's a place where, you know, they can be trusted, you know, trust talking to me or whoever's there. And then that's a win, I reckon, without forcing someone down that path to go on that. So I think men are now starting to look for these things. Um, the more education out there, there's more men's groups, there's more, like, yeah. you're doing all this stuff, man, running, yeah. running, raising money for mental health, like, and you're just out of school, it's just inspiring, like, you just see all these things happening, and 
So like half most of the people you're helping, you don't even know who they are. Yeah. It's a cool thing. Definitely. So, so I think, yeah, the more education, the more people doing these men's groups, it's going to be easier to talk about because it's like, yeah. oh, I went to a men's group on the weekend. Where 10 years ago you say that. Yeah. The hell is it? You know, why yeah. do that? But now it's actually not. Yeah. It's losing that stigma around it. Definitely. And I think, yeah, like you said, figures in the world, like Joe Rogan especially, like he's probably one of the toughest guys you can think of. Mm. And it's almost like if the average, you know, footy player or tough man or jock or whatever you want to call him is like seeing one of the toughest guys in the world do floating. Yeah. He, he must be onto something. Like he must be doing something right. So I think, yeah, with more figures like that in the world, you know, and even like Steph Curry, because he, yeah, yeah. he does it, doesn't he? Yeah. And he does it mainly for visualization. Yeah, it? yeah. And obviously they get the physical benefit to that. Yeah. But yeah, it's all for the visualization. And that, that cool clip I showed you with Steph, where he's like, he's got all this self-doubt talk, yeah. too short, not going to make it, whatever. Mm. Going in there and then having that self-talk to build himself up, visualize himself, doing amazing things. And God, he, that guy doesn't need any introduction of the accolades he's done. And no. he's come from nowhere to be doubted his whole youth, you're not going to make it, you're too short, you're not going to make it, and he's become one of the greatest NBA players of all time. Yeah. So inspiring, yeah. Yeah. And um, so where do you sort of see the Freedom Float Centre? Do you see it being across Australia, or do you want to sort of branch out, or you just want to build up the current one? At one point, I thought franchising would be good. Um, Yeah. And I didn't want to franchise big, I wanted to franchise maybe within this vicinity, you know, one down south, one up more north. Mm. But I've completely scrapped that idea. Like the business has come with its fair share of stresses as well. Mm. And my whole, what I wanted with that business is to be part of that community, sit and have a tea with clients, facilitate workshops and be part of it. If I just decide I want to go world domination, I think it can, hats off to people who build up franchises. Um, But I think for me, I've already felt all these years of going into the business, like the cherry on top will be the role I'll play in the business and then um, I really just like to build it up and keep it as a business that's a real heart-centered business. And then some of the people I've collaborated with, like now, amazing gyms, you know, like um, Ali Day and all those guys, Ali Day and Anthony Bartolo, you've done, podcast with all you're doing here or whatever tomorrow <laughs> tomorrow yeah didn't want to be a spoiler yeah. um yeah I think guys like that um P3 recovery center like I'm looking at all these other gyms like our mate Cody who helped me from the start but I could name a million but working with these businesses helping build each other's business sending people down the road to like um P3 will never get float tanks from what Trav tells me because he's like you guys have got float tanks and you're down the road and I'm like, I'm not going to go get ice baths because it's like, hey, go check these guys out. It's mm. sick And then we just send people each other's way. So actually being part of this whole community, I never thought I'd live on the Gold Coast. It's an incredible area, Burley. And to be able to, like, I've been able to go do personal training sessions and go to gyms, yoga studios just for free, you know, because I've just traded with people in the mm. fact that come in, check it out, we'll go there. What a great existence. Like, I don't need to be making a shit ton of money. It's like, for me to be able to go train, meet idols like John Wayne Parr, who's been on Joe Rogan's podcast a couple of times, 
meet all these heroes that I've looked up to my whole life since moving to the Gold Coast through the business. It's like pretty inspiring. Prince Ia from the States yeah. who came in, like wow. that was just a random thing and yeah. he just gave us a big plug and people are going, well, what the hell, how come he came in? And But he was more interested in my story in the center, not just about floating. And I was like, this mm. is amazing. Like, yeah. it's cool. So I don't want it to ever lose that. Mm. I want it to stay like that. So it's a community and actually make it stronger mm. rather than from now, can still there's still so much work to do with yeah, it. Definitely. And can you tell us a little bit about um, the actual pods? Because I know there's some float centers out there that don't actually use pods. They almost just have a weird sort of, um, I don't know, like a little bar thing. Yeah. And I believe it doesn't have the same effect as being in the pod because the pod, it's just completely like sort of pitch black and you can fully just immerse yourself yeah. And lay back. Yeah, some places have the pool type setup and you can do like couples floats where you can lay there so you're not getting that full sensory deprivation aspect. Mm. Some people gravitate towards that more because they're a bit nervous about the pod. So with yeah. the pods, it's good because once we take people in and show them the size of the pods, they actually feel better. Yeah. Um, and then you've got the option of light up, light on or off, lit up or down. Yeah. But I think the people that come see us, they love the pods because it's so nurturing. Like it's pretty much like being in the womb again. It's like this nurturing little environment where it's just you and you just lay back and you're just fully supported in there and it's it's so good. But yeah. so some people who do the pods, they think nothing worse of doing a couple's float or, you know, I, I want that full sensory deprivation where it's so dark you can't see your hand in front of your face where other people might be more into the other types, but um, they're amazing now. Like the old float tanks were so much smaller, they're more like a coffin than anything. Like yeah, wow. flat roof right above your face so the water could drip quite easy and yeah. um, bumping into the sides and it would be a lot more claustrophobic than the pods. So now they've made them spacious enough that you do have room and mm. we've just seen the journey of people who are claustrophobic come in and one lady the other day gave us a, a sweet review and her daughter told her, her daughter came in and she said, Mum, you would hate that. There's no experience that I could think you would hate more than that. Mm. And she's like, oh, really? And then her friend went in and said, that was the most relaxed I've ever felt after that float. It was incredible. And so she thought, I'm going to give it a go. So then she came in, did the induction, tried it. She said, first float, left the lid up, left the light on. Um, then she brought the three pack. So then the second float, she said, I came in, left the light on, a few minutes in, shut the lid, let it go. Third float, turn the light off, lid shut. And the other day, like she's been in a fair few times now, mm. the other day she's like, oh, I just fall asleep now and everything. She goes, in the beginning, like there's no way I thought that was possible. But it's because she was in control. Like, and when you know humans, when we're not in control, that's what probably scares us. Yeah. We were to say, come in. I've been, what we're going to do is shut that lid, turn the light off, put a lock on that pod so you can't get out for an hour. It's going to just freak people out. But if yeah. people know, like, oh, if I want to open it, I can. Close it, I can. Mm. Music all the way, light on or off. So it can really help people in a gentle way overcome fears and anxiety. Yeah. And um, one word that you used that I thought was really good, um, I think it was surrender. Mm. Surrendering. Because most people, when they think of surrender, they almost think of like giving up or they have all these bad connotations in their head. I know why, because 
I don't know, when you think of surrender, maybe like when you fighting for Give war, up. you know, Give surrendering, you know, you take our land. But I think um, it's a great word in the sense of letting everything go, let your mind go, let your body go. And um, yeah, it's great. So um, now the last sub- subject is all about reflection and personal development and how you got to where you are today through certain individuals. Um, so a lot of people I've spoken to have all got a morning ritual. Now, do you have one that like sort of gets you up, gets you going? Like, do you have to go for a run or get the kettlebells going? Yeah, I definitely train in the morning. Yeah. Um, we've actually just shortened our hours a little bit, so we're going to start later. So this has been a big one for me. Like I've mm-hmm. gone through stages where I've been really good with my um, mindfulness and breath work, like say do some Wim Hof breathing or just some conscious breath work. Um, and then I'll go through stages where I like get lazy with that. One thing that's been a constant for me is training in the morning. Mm. I love my exercise, but the reason now to start an hour and a half later, it's giving me time. Like this morning I got up, I trained in the garage, went up, did some stretching, listened to the audio book. And then for me now, I really want to start focusing on this uh, visualization, manifestation stuff like do even 15 minute meditation and then start doing visualizations for the future. Yeah. Um, because this is the one thing I'm lacking and I need to, you can get that clarity in where you're going to be, where you're heading. Yeah. So, um, I think that's super powerful and gratitude. Like I think oh, we're yeah. all big on gratitude. So oh, yeah. I'm it only has it. to be like three things. Yeah. It could be anything, but when you work in a place like the float center and people come in with chronic pain, like you're stressed out about all these things, which warranted it's like oh say money stress or um, if staff are all sick or whatever it is you know it's little things in life of like getting my personal training assignment in on time or yeah all these things we put in our head then someone comes in that's in pain every single day and you just speak to them and then they're really grateful for the center that we've created because it makes them feel better yeah and it's just like oh maybe I just need to spend a little bit more time being grateful. Mm. It doesn't have to come in the same form. It could be for people, could be for food, or you know, that nice coffee you have in the morning or an yeah. awesome sunrise when you're going for a run and you yeah. see the sun coming up over the water. Like Some people never see that stuff. No. They grow yeah. up in a city, you know, never yeah. see the stars, never see the ocean, don't even know what the hell it is. No, definitely. Yeah, I think that's a big one, like gratefulness. It's, I think it makes you a much more happier human with what, whatever situation you're currently in. Cause I know um, it was really funny, like when I was at school in year 12, I used to drive around my car and it was really funny cause I was at, I was at a private school so there'd be kids there that are driving like Range Rovers at 18 <laughs> years old. And like these are $50,000 cars that are driving around. I'd be like, oh, why, could, why don't I have one of them? I feel so like sort of self-conscious about like my little Mazda 3. Yeah. And then what I realized how stupid that thought is to even think that, you know, um, having a, like most people don't even kind of afford a car, you know, let alone yeah. to even put fuel in their car. So it's, I think it's just almost when you start practicing gratitude, it just keeps taking layers off and layers off of, you know, what you got is, you know, phenomenal to grow up on the Gold Coast, to, you know, live where we live. It's, it's amazing. Yeah. 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 I think, I think with social media too now, it's made it, there's always been the grass is greener concept, but now oh. it can be even worse now because everyone's looking on social media and saying, look at the life they're living. 
I wish I could do that. I wish I could be like that. I wish, I wish, I wish. Um, but like you said, yeah, like having that great, being grateful that you don't have to, like you have got a vehicle just to get from point A to B. Like how mm. convenient that is, like for time consumption. Like yeah. if you had to get the bus, there's nothing. I've spent plenty of time on buses. Yeah. But how much longer your trip takes. and it's, But then even if you get the opportunity to sit on the bus and you go, you know what, this is sweet because I'm just going to put my headphones in and yeah. listen to like Dylan's podcast and that's, <laughs> I'll just get educated on the way to work yeah. and then go, it's sweet, this bus has got a heater and I'm actually like, this driver, it's their job to safely get me to my job where I'm going to go and get paid for doing what I do which will give me more units of choice and then people who have to get their, ride their pushy or walk to work yeah. or whatever go, getting some exercise you know i'm out and about That's and then you just get in that mind frame of like being grateful that your body's physically able to actually jump on the pushy or yeah walk to work and go well how good is this some people have got injuries or debilitating injuries they can't even use their body to do something that's simple for us you know definitely definitely um <laughs> so have you had any mentors in your life or significant figures that have sort of like shaped you into the person you are today like anyone that sort of might have pulled you out from a situation um, like where you weren't very happy in the environment and sort of showed you what a positive environment looks like. I don't know, you know, whether it might have been your girlfriend or someone. Mm. Or I think it's just been a, a massive number of people over time. Yeah. So it's like friends have helped me financially drag me through the, the shit big time. Like they pulled me out. Family and friends have just, if it wasn't for them, the center wouldn't even exist. Um, And then it's just other mentors along the way, like people that you just look up to and inspiring, like my partner now, Sarah, Mm. has done so much for me and she she actually knows how much I love self-development stuff. So she even booked me in for a session with Nam Baldwin like a couple of years ago and that guy is just the man. Mm. Um, And he's, if people don't know who he is, he does like breath work, courses and emotional intelligence stuff and he's he was mick fanning's um guru like emotional intelligence trainer been to some free talks of his but just sitting with a guy like that and just having a discussion like this with him but he's Mm. just giving you some little chunks to take with you and just so powerful so then you get inspired so i think it's definitely good to have mentors and coaches it doesn't necessarily always have to be the same person if, no. if you've got someone that's good but if you can go sit with people and just take little bits from here and there even one thing out of ten that's a win hey like you yeah. go oh sweet that really resonates with me like Definitely. so yeah, yeah it's powerful funny thing. funny sad so i went to um a gold coast business week event last week and um it was on social media and i, I rocked up just with an open mind like thinking you know uh it'd be some good information but Basically, it was just everything that I already knew, mm. like just through seeing sort of things. And I was just like, oh man. Like, cause I was, I was the only guy who was like 19 there. The rest were like 40, like 50 year olds. But yeah. I was just like, now I just got to treat it as like a networking, you know, event. Like just yeah. sort of meet people, greet. And I actually like spoke to the presenter after, had a good chat with her, connected. And that's just like another sort of, you know, networking opportunity. And I think it's almost just like every sort of situation that you are in, thinking even if it's not what you hoped it was, like to straight away think, oh, what can I do to make it worth, you know, turning up instead of just always having those negative thoughts and being like, oh, you know, this is shit.
shit I already know all this stuff you know disappointed like, yeah. yeah but it's almost like quickly shifting that 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 mind into like the victim mindset to be like oh what can I get out of this what can I grow from you know yeah that's yeah. um I did have a passion meditation actually in the sunny coast 10 day silent meditation believe it or not I didn't talk for 10 days wow yeah so oh my god no phones no books no exercise the talking wasn't the thing for me. Couldn't look people in the face. You've got to just stay all in yourself. So yeah. um, the talking wasn't the big deal. I'm an exercise addict, basically, of like, yeah. you know, every day. It's just the things, morning coffee, this, this, this. Yeah. You had to just let go of all of that. Um, day six, I was ready to kick the tree out the front because I was just losing the plot. Um, just thinking in my own head, making up these whole stories of like sitting through the meditation Everyone else gets this, I don't, this sucks, I want, I want, you know, like I need this yeah. and I'm stubborn. So I was like, there's no way, even if I feel like this is the worst 11 days, 10 days of my life, I'm going home because people will think I'm a failure. Like this is my mentality, you know, that I was yeah. thinking. Yeah. So I was going to sit through it with stubbornness, but after I got that day six, I hit the rock bottom of like my point there. Mm. And then afterwards I had a good a good meditation so to speak yeah but what we learned from that meditation course is is the law of impermanence so nothing lasts forever so you basically do focus on the breath to start with and then you do like body scanning so what okay. what you do that there's a few meditations throughout the day that you build up to three strong-willed meditations so the three of those you have to sit for an hour you sit with your legs crossed and you sit with your hands down and your eyes closed down and you're not to move or break that for the hour. Now, this might not sound that hard, but I know for a lot of men as well, even though like I'm fit and healthy, my body sitting down, man, it's not easy, it's painful. Like my left knee would start giving me some pain and I knew always about the 40 minute mark, it would just get like excruciating. But what this teaches you is to scan your body and not, your brain instantly wants to focus on that one thing. It's like a negative thought, it'll always, there's all these amazing things happening, but your mind will always just go bang to that negative and you'll be all upset about that. It's the same in your body where you'll scan and where that pain is, you'll want, all your brain wants to do is focus on the pain, how uncomfortable you are. So it teaches you to like scan, 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 continue to move around the body and not give too much attention to that. Sit with it for 30 seconds and move on. Now the thing that this meditation taught in the end was whether it's a positive thing this is what really messed with my mind about it. So a lot of meditations, you want to feel good after it. It's all a positive thing, positivity, come out with a good mindset. Whether it's negative or positive, it's not good to dwell on these things because if you're, say we go out for a run today in the morning, run our best time for 10Ks or you go out with friends for drinks and dinner or whatever, have the best time ever. It's good to say that was an amazing time, I enjoyed it. But if you actually hang on to that and start comparing different moments of your life, like the next week you go, oh, it was good, it wasn't as good as last week when we went out, or that causes you suffering. So it's like, mm. if you want to consistently like compare this to that, oh, I ran so much quicker last week, and then you get into a negative mind state about it, mm. you're causing yourself suffering. So even with the meditations, what they taught you, if you feel like you sit through this meditation and just nail it, you can't be too proud of yourself because the chances are you're going to sit through one and go, yes, which I did that afternoon. And then I thought, hang on a minute. 
I can't hang on to that. Like I need to yeah. just, every moment's a new moment. Mm-hmm. So you just need to just let it come, let it go, let it come, let yeah. it go. And it's hard, but because we do, we want to give ourselves a little pat on the back, mm. but we also want to get upset at ourselves too and go, what's wrong with you? You know, what's wrong yeah. with me? I couldn't get it. Like just switch off and you get all mm. upset and that just leads to suffering as well. Yeah, I think that's, it's funny you say that because I think running has sort of taught me that in a weird way. So one week I'll be feeling a million dollars, the next week I can't even get out a kilometre. Like Mm. it's the most bizarre sort of um, sport I've probably ever done just in the fact that it's, it's all mental. Like I think running is one of the most... Like, I think it's all mental, honestly. And I did a little test on it. I don't know if I told you this, but I got my best mate, told him the night before that he was going to run five kilometers. And then he rocks up and I tell him, whatever I tell you today, you're going to run it. And then he ends up, I tell him we're running 20 kilometers. Furthest he's ever run in his life is about seven kilometers. And he ends up smashing, smashing 20 kilometers out, like, he wanted to do more. Like he's like, I want to do a half marathon. I was like, man, let's just stop at the 20 <laughs> before you have to stop anymore. He couldn't end up running for the next two weeks, but yeah. <laughs> he's, but he did it, yeah. And because it's just that mental game. Like yeah. if you, he, he only would have turned up that morning knowing that he was going to run five kilometers. Yeah. If he, if I told him the night before that he was going to be running 20 kilometers, he would have said, he wouldn't have even responded. He would probably just read the message and just said, oh, Sorry, bro, dog ain't yeah. homework. <laughs> yeah, that kind of thing. Yeah. So I find that really interesting how, like, I don't know whether you can trick your mind into something like that or what would you sort of do if there was a situation like that? Yeah, yeah I don't know. I guess when you, um, if you get put in a situation where you have to do it, like, the mind will usually give up a long time before the body can. Yeah give up like even you see people doing the um beep test and stuff like that mm. and i've seen it i remember doing the beep test with 40 years ago yeah and we had this guy he's from papua new guinea he's like the fastest dude and he was like a good runner he's never a distance runner but yeah as we got older and then but he just didn't have like when he was a he was a confidence player but then when we did the beep test at training one night it was pretty hot and he just gave up like real quick it's like, bro, you know you could have done better than that, you know? And then he's just like, oh, yeah, you know? And it's funny how you see people do that. Like, yeah. but if, if our minds, like, you can go into things and if you're confident in your own abilities, but that's so cool. Like, he rocked up and then he still did it. Because some people still would have said, oh, yeah. I'm not doing it. Yeah. You know, like, some people just want out straight away. Yeah. But when you know, like, that shows with that Wim Hof breathing when people do the ice baths and stuff and you, yeah. get, you do the breath work. And if you continue to do that breath work and follow the protocol of how it's done properly, mm. you can regulate your body temperature and sit in that ice for like extended periods of time. Yeah. The minute you hop into that ice, the second you hop into that ice, you're going, get me the fuck out of here. Like, this yeah. is horrible. Your yeah. body's tingling and you don't go in up to your guts, you go in up to your neck mm. and you're in there and your organs are just going, you know, like mm. peeking out. But then if you stick to the process, you know, stick to the protocols and just do it after a minute or so you can actually get into that state of like calmness of knowing that mm. our bodies are so intelligent that we are capable of so much more david goggins is another guy but 
you have moments with listening to guys like David Goggins and I think some days probably isn't the best for us to listen to David Goggins because as badass as he is and as incredible as he is and Gary Vee as well but I think that whole mentality isn't always a good thing because your body can end up shutting down or if you're like yeah. hustle, 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 grind, grind, grind while you're, while you're sleeping, I'm working and this is what all these people have this mentality it might not happen straight away but eventually you can hit a crash and I've seen it happen to people where they've crashed but they don't even know they're going to crash until the crash comes and when that crash comes it can take years to actually regenerate what you've done to yourself or Definitely. you can have massive anxiety depression mm. have a massive breakdown some people never come back from it no. but it's managing yourself along the way so some days your body like your mate man he got through it he's feeling the pain the next few days but that day whatever was going on in his mind he's like damn straight I can do it but that doesn't mean like you were training for your marathon and one day you might feel like Far out, my body's completely depleted right now. Like I feel like I'm getting a bit of a cold. I've got the sniffles. Yeah, like, bro, come in, have a sauna, have a float, have a rest day. You know, chill out. And you're probably going to come back better for that. Oh, like, yeah. um, listening to your body and going, okay, today's not the day I'm going to go push through that because the chances are, if I go run twenty k's and I feel like I'm already depleted, getting a cold, mm. I'm probably just going to hit rock bottom, and then that could affect the whole marathon you know leading up to it 100% because I think that was funny you say that how um, a bit about grinding and how Gary V saying oh no sleep and hustle, all this, hustle, all this yeah. other sort of not bullshit but like mm. nonsense in a way mentality yeah. so like I I was testing it out like I was seeing how how long my body could like function like optimally on the amount of sleep I'm a person who's a deep sleeper so I just love my sleep and um, so I was doing some nights where I'd probably sleep about six hours and the next day I'd probably like feel good. I'd feel like shit in the morning, but you know, just try and get it going. But then eventually like you sort of hit a crash and the next, the next morning I'd always sleep through my alarm. So it's just like finding this in between where you can consistently get up at a time. Cause I think it's, it's so like hard to, you know, if you're going out of whack all the time, because it can like have a detrimental effect on your well-being in a sense. Because I remember I'd like I'd sleep through a f alarm and I'd just beat myself up all day. Like, oh, you know, like you've just ruined the day. Like, yeah. you can't win this day anymore. Like, win the morning, win the day. Mm -hmm. But funny, we're doing this podcast right now. I actually slept through an alarm this morning. I was supposed to get up at four thirty. And I got like I had a, I had a I think it was an eighteen hour day yesterday, so I wasn't running on that much sleep, and would have probably been running on uh, five hours of sleep, and I was just like I literally slept straight through the alarm, got up at about seven o'clock, got the eight hours of sleep, but I I just felt so energized. And I spoke mm -hmm. to my running partner, he's just like, man, you needed that sleep, and like sometimes you do need to listen to your body. And yeah. I think um, sort of almost like. Not being proud that you slept in, but just realizing that you are human, you know? That's okay. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a big one. That's one thing I've sort of learned over time. Yeah. Well, that's where your body repairs itself. Mm. Um, so, the sleep, uh, Joe Rogan podcast, I forget the guy's name, he's like an English guy, they did one on sleep. Have you listened to that one? No, I haven't listened that to that one. That is sick. That is so good. They yeah. did all these random studies on sleep and um, 
you just got, I think every human being needs to listen to it, but every human being that listens to it is probably going to think, shit, I'm sleep deprived. But yeah. he talks about blue light and stuff, like little things you can do before bed and stuff, yeah. not having the fluorescent lights on, dimming the lights, having candlelight or, you know, salt lamps and stuff around. Yeah. Um, but they talked about all these studies of like, one of them was surgeons and they're like, the, the education of the surgeon wasn't necessarily the issue with problems happening in... Um, theatre, the biggest issue was if they hadn't had six hours or more sleep, they did studies on like how many times there were mistakes compared and um, car accidents and all these other type of things. Yeah. Um, and then the surgery one was one where like, he said, if you need to ask any question before your surgery, the number one question to ask is, have they had more than six hours sleep? Ask your surgeon <laughs> and then pull a pin because yeah. um, obviously your cognitive abilities are a lot less you know yeah. without you realizing your reaction time your clarity of thought definitely um i know i'm like that if i'm a bit tired or if i'm not haven't eaten for a while yeah all you're thinking about is sleeping or eating and you yeah. like start to get a bit moody and you're <laughs> short and your concentration level is not there but that's yeah. one podcast i would just recommend everyone to listen okay. to because you'll take some real good chunks out yeah. of it and you'll freak out a bit hearing all the information they give you yeah. but even training like he talks about that all in there and he's like um, the, the results of they've done all these um, studies on like athletes and they tested them for all these results on this amount of sleep and this amount of sleep and it's crazy like the, mm. the difference of just having like quality sleep yeah I think that's a big one and like yeah you know Gary Vee and all that like oh look at me like staying up till one o'clock in the morning to work on this dream or whatever it may be but the thing is they might have just like been distracted by their phone for six hours of the day so I'm a big believer in the art in it. It's what you do in that, like, like let's say if you get eight hours of sleep, it's what you do in those 16 hours of the day that will determine, you know, your future or how you show up. So I think um, it's almost making the most of every single hour instead of, like, trying to stay out late and keep putting it off, saying that you can only, you're only optimal at, like, 8 to, you know, 1 p.m. at night. Mm. That's just you telling your mind that, you know? Yeah. You could easily be productive from, like, I don't know, 5 a.m. till 7, 8, 7 p.m. at night. Yeah. But it's just a story you keep telling your mind. That's yeah, what, yeah. That's, I don't know. If yeah, and I just think breaking up, breaking up your day, like Nam Baldwin was, talks about that, where it's like just doing short spells, hey, like mm. really short stints where you're not working more than a couple of hours, but breaking it up. Yeah. Maybe do some breath work, get outside, walk in nature, like whatever you need to do to just break that day up and then sit down again. Why do you think companies like Google and all that now, they've pretty much built these offices like in Silicon Valley, they're all of this mindset of, they've built these massive complexes that are like pretty much people don't want to leave and go home from work because they've got like, or whatever beanbags, hammocks, ping pong, like all Sleep these tanks. Yeah, so people just go have a little power nap, get yeah. up. Like, what do you think these other countries do? Siesta in the afternoon, and then get up again, and then they charge on. Yeah, that's how they structure their day, and it's it's not for no reason. And then you got those companies now that are taking heed of that and going, oh, well, let's have a cool place where people can duck off, have a quick game of ping pong. Like the accountants that we see now. New Wave Accounting and Mermaid, I'll give them a little plug. <laughs> Got the coolest little office all done up Mexican style. Like, it's really cool. Not like your typical accountant's office that yeah. would just be boring and bland. 
they got a ping pong table at the back and everything and they just really go on with that modern business model of like how they can do that. And we got there the other day and I'm like, we're here for our meeting and you just hear it's like I'm like they're playing ping pong come on but they for our meeting chop yeah. chop I'm just laughing now. I'm like it's sweet because you know yourself like any kind of com- competition if you're just flat and tired like if we got up and had a ping pong game you want to beat your mate you oh, know yeah. like you sharpen up real quick and mm. next minute it's like hand eye things going your heart rate comes up your body yeah. warms up you're like bang 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 have a laugh it's like oh good shot or whatever yeah. and then Next minute, your body's just energized, all just removing for like a few minutes. Mm. And then you can sit down again and go, okay, sweet, I'm ready. Yeah. But otherwise, you're sitting there and you're like, oh, might just hit the coffee machine again. And you just mm. like have more caffeine, which doesn't necessarily help with your nah. focus after you've had, after that time of the yeah. day, you know? Yeah. Can you tell us a little bit about like your, what do you do for energy levels? So like, do you have, because I've, um, I read this book, don't know if you heard of it. It's called Own Your Day by yeah, Orville Marcus. Marcus. Yeah, yeah read that, book. just finished it two days ago. And he sort of talks about getting your caffeine in like that first sort of one to two hour period of the day. Yeah. And then just not, not having any more because it sort of affects you, like, you know, your sleep levels. And yeah, really it's just, you know, that Arvo coffee is just like probably doing you more harm than good. Yeah, for sure. So definitely. Yeah. Um, I think like breath work is incredibly powerful where you can sit and just do some energizing breath work, like even through the nostrils, that breath of fire mm. that they do. Okay. Like where you let your belly go in and out and yeah. you see that. If you do that in the mornings, like yeah. your whole body will get so warm or like the Wim Hof method where you lay down. Like one yeah. thing, um, I've helped train my, doing some training with my mate and at the end of the session, I'll always start with some mobility movement stuff. Yeah. Um, that I learned from a guy, Rodrigo, down at Holistic Pro Health. He does all surf mobility. Mm. So do some of his stuff to warm the session up. Then yeah. do some kettlebell slash calisthenics. Um, and then at the end, do some Wim Hof breathing. Yeah. Lay down. And you basically over-oxygenate the body. So you lay there. And I'll just set up for like different times. So I might just do 90 seconds, either a minute or 90 seconds of like breath so you breathe into the belly doesn't yeah. really matter if it's through the nose or the uh, mouth for this because it's just to energize your body it's um usually breathing should be done through your nose mm. always well that's what rob will say too eating's for the mouth breathing's for the nose but mm. um to do that it's to energize your body and get as much oxygen in so for me personally the mouth is a lot better to like fill up so yeah. you fill the belly up fully in and then let it go so you don't exhale like you just so you fill the fill the belly and the lungs right up yeah. and then let it out fill it up so you're really like sucking it in you almost get lightheaded yeah well you do this and lay down and you do that for a minute to 90 seconds yeah. constantly and it's like hard work to keep it going yeah as Wim there's an app called Inner Fire which okay. um, is Wim Hof's app and Inner Fire yeah right. Inner Fire it's a few bucks but you can follow that and he'll get yeah. you to do the breathing then he'll teach you that mm. and he'll be like fully in letting go fully in letting go okay. once the once the minute or 90 seconds is done then you let it all layer out and just lay there yeah do a breath hold Sometimes I'll do it where I hold the air in for the first round, but say I do five rounds and I'll do breathing, hold the air in, hold for a minute, breathing, let all the air out of the lungs, hold for a minute, 
do the same again, let all the air out, hold for a minute. So you do the breath work, then the breath hold, breath work, breath hold, yeah. five rounds. Man, your body's just energized, like um, just so saturated with oxygen. And you get up and you just like feel clear headed, but you could duck off and just do like three rounds of that yeah. during the day um, and guarantee your body will be just charged up, ready to go. So instead of a coffee, you just do something like that. And you can right. do it anywhere. Yeah. Don't do it. Don't do it while you're driving. That's one thing they tell you. Because yeah. people can pass out from it. Because you're like, it's basically right. like, um, what's it called when you, you know, when you, um, uh, what's it called? Where people have panic attacks and that will do it. Oh. But if you're basically doing, going too hard on the breathing, yeah. some people will pass out. Wow. They just over, over oxygenate their body so much yeah. and putting their body under that stress. So. Um, if you do pull up somewhere and you're going in for a meeting and you're there a bit early, no, no reason why you can't just sit in mm. the car and do a couple of rounds. So you're just like, boom, ready to go after yeah. that. That's what I, um, I actually, when I'm about to go into something that I'm pretty like sort of outside my comfort zone or something that I'm not like, I'm feeling a bit nervous for, I'll actually do like a bit of breathing and it almost like slows me back, slows me myself down, becomes really relaxed mm -hmm. and I just feel almost at ease and very happy. So I think it's a very effective um, way to sort of even go in before a, you know, like you said, a meeting or something that's a bit important that you're a little bit nervous about just yeah. letting everything go out. Yeah, and know. it's free. It's yeah. like, but it, um, without just getting to that natural breath state, when you're angry, stressed, um, upset, first thing that's going to change, like your, your um, heart rate can definitely increase, mm. but the physiological change that you're going to notice is your breath. Yeah. You might hold your breath, which will then make your heart rate increase, or you might like breathe a bit heavier because yeah. you're getting, a bit, getting into that fight-flight mode, exerting mm. that energy. But if you can, that's why if you can go back to the breath and regulate it or just get back to the natural breath, then... Um, like what you do mm. without realizing it, your whole body's going back to that normal state, feeling yeah. calm. But if, if you're aware of your breath, because we breathe unconsciously, but conscious breath works so powerful. But if you're aware of your breath, and instantly, as soon as, because I hold my breath a lot when I'm concentrating, working, or when I'm working away, scaffolding, I'll be like in a spot, concentrate. Next thing, I'm just sweating, and I'm just like, oh, getting. <laughs> or agitated and I'm like yeah. I've realised I've stopped breathing because I'm yeah. like just concentrating so much yeah, when well. you're really then you've got to start sit back and go what am I doing like yeah. relax breathe and then you'll get that clear clarity again yeah, relax definitely. rather than get too you know tired a bit clanked up yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so it's getting towards the end of it I'll wrap it up because I know you, um, going back to the float turn now um, so lastly, if you had to give any advice to any sort of aspiring entrepreneurs out there or any people who want to do something that they're really passionate about and like open up a float center or open up, you know, that little baked goods store, what would one piece of advice you'd give them mm. or a couple? Well, I think just be you, do you and then mm. um, don't be afraid if people are going to, people give you some critical advice back. Um, constructive criticism some people will try and run you down into the ground take it yeah take it on board something you might use you might not but just do what feels good and i think as humans we kind of get into this um we want to fit a certain mold because we're all craving it's like innate in us of like that tribal thing of wanting to find our little tribe mm -hmm. and feel who the people that we resonate with and one thing that i've tried to do um over the time is actually go 
you know, like I've done stints where I'll try and be a bit more vegetarian based for the week or then I'll eat meat or then I'll do this or do this. Um, don't feel like you have to fit one box because people these days will criticise and it's like, you know what, today I feel like doing this or today I feel like doing yeah. that. And this whole journey of mine has changed so many times. Like what I yeah. thought was my dream changed and then oh. the folk centre opens and then that changes. But yeah. don't get too hell-bent on, oh no, I have to do this and I have to do it this yeah. way. Just let things go. That's surrender. It's like, mm. let things take their path. Yeah. Sometimes you'll be just trying so hard to resist against something and it's because you're scared of like, oh, it's not going to work out. It's amazing though. Look what's happened with you, man. You've just reached out to a few people. Yeah. Next thing you get all these opportunities come flying at you. Yeah. You're doing your own podcast and it's like people want to be around you because they're like, yeah. man, this is inspiring stuff. So it's like, let things go. And if you, when you stop resisting, things will just manage. It's like water. It will just find its way yeah. where it's going to go. So I just think, yeah, take on board what people say, but don't necessarily take it as like, definitely because if you sit with yourself and take that self reflection time come have a float sit with yourself meditate the answers are all in you and you know in your heart what you want to do and the, the worst things I've done in my journey the worst times is when I don't trust my intuition I don't trust my gut because the logical mind's there going yeah oh no maybe 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 and 99.9 times out of 100 I guarantee like you'll sit there and go I knew that like I should have just trusted my gut. hundred percent. And I think funny you say that I actually did a float um, and I was weighing up two decisions and it, it um, it's funny how f- weirdly floating can um, really just sort of have like make you have a vision and see yourself what opportunity. So I also think it's, um, it's great for like ideas and, um, weighing up decisions that might be causing you a little bit of like distress or something that you know is a bit on your mind and just going in there and almost just letting everything go and then just focusing on what your actual mission is what your actual why is and if it doesn't align with that yeah. then there's your answer so yeah 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 sweet mate it's Perfect. awesome well thanks for jumping on today Benny I'm sure um, some people out there have definitely got something from it and where can they find you on social media um, at freedom underscore float yeah. and Facebook is uh, freedom float center. Awesome. So and you're located in Burley Heads? Yeah, just on West Burley Road. So West Burley. yeah, even anyone who's local, just pop down, yeah. check it out. Like don't expect anyone to just go, you know, just come have a look around the center because it's mm. pretty sweet. The staff are all really friendly yeah. and you can just see what we do down there. So yeah. always welcome. Doors are always open. That's it. It's a very special space. Well, thanks again. Benny. Thanks still. No Legend, problem. Mate. Thank you. If you've made it this far, you're amazing. That was um, one of my longest podcasts, an hour and 10 with Benny Boy. Um, we could have spoken for another two hours if I didn't give him a little nudge and try and wrap it all up. But um Absolutely awesome interview. There was so much to get out of it. Um, A few little key pointers was that running is all mental, how society is changing, we're losing our sense of community, and how floating can help with mental health. So if you did get something out of this, um, please take a screenshot, chuck it up in your Instagram story because that's how I get the podcast, getting more listeners, getting more exciting people on there. Um, and talking about exciting topics and just tag myself Bill Nicholson Journey and Benny uh, 
at Freedom Float Centre. Um, so get excited. The next podcast will be with a nutritionist um, on the holistic approach, which I'm extremely excited to share with you guys because it's something that um, I'm very interested in as well. So you'll hear my interest coming through. Uh, which should make it a very uh, awesome podcast. Well, have an awesome day, everyone. And remember, do something today that your tomorrow self will thank. Have a beautiful day, everyone. You.